This is The Straight Dope, Episode 6, The Goldilocks Principle. Social media and advertisers bombard us with pictures, and those pictures tend to occupy two ends of a spectrum. One end of the spectrum, we've got pictures of people wearing 6,500 cubic inch packs, loaded up, rifles, stowed away, expensive clothes, beautiful backdrops, and you can imagine the giant bucks that they're going to take down. You've got dudes that never skip leg day, wearing 110-pound Alice Rucks loaded out, face camoed. They've got everything that they need for a week, maybe a lifetime, somewhere, anywhere, but where we are. You watch PRS videos, and you've got dudes with 10 bags, rifles, snacks, and everything that they're going to need strapped into their fancy PRS baby strollers, And it's hard to imagine those people doing much of anything because they're rendered more or less ineffective for what we intend to or imagine them actually doing other than the fact that they're carrying all of that gear in the picture. The other extreme, we've got, well, largely just soft porn. And most of us, probably just wouldn't work in that world anyway, so we don't even need to talk about that. But between them, there's this zone. And it's a broad zone where just right works. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just right. In that zone, a lot of gains can be made if we're thinking about what we intend to do right and we train accordingly. In the scenarios that I just described, we need to stop, create some sort of a camp or a place where we can take all that equipment off and put on a more streamlined, pared-down system. For the hunter, it might be a stock setup. For the patroller, some sort of a recce setup, for lack of a better way to describe it. And for the competitor, a pre-stage setup so that they have what they need and only what they need on their body in a way that they can carry it and do the activities that are required and demanded of them with their arms free and capable but also efficient at being able to deploy and engage and then get up and get out as quickly and efficiently as possible. I spend a lot of time analyzing shot patterns on paper. And while this is very important at assessing somebody's fundamentals, in the bigger picture, you have to absolutely record yourself in a broader context, in the setup and the breakdown of that shooting position. And so today, we're going to focus largely on that pre-shot and post-shot activity that you can do. And this can be done entirely without actually live firing. You can do this at home in a dry fire scenario. And I'm going to outline that now. I do a lot of study of video that's posted out there. And you can see immediately who practiced and who didn't. Simply watching the fluidity and the efficiency of their movement. Now there's tons of videos that are put out there. A lot of which are rehearsed. And many of which don't actually show much that you can juice. Because they're staged or they leave the setup and the breakdown. But there are some out there that are really good 
training tools and they can identify the types of things that you want to video yourself doing and test. So without further ado, I'm going to put somebody on the spot and I'm doing it for two reasons. One, I think it's an amazing video that shows exactly the types of things that we're looking for. And two, he goes by the nickname Mocha Bear, which fits this Goldilocks theme pretty well. So we can all get on the same page. If you go to Instagram and you look up Mocha Bear Actual, uh, Mike Dufresne, and he goes by Duffy also. I, I mean, I imagine if you have two nicknames, you probably have more, but those are the ones that are publicly available. And I'm recording this Friday, February 11th. And so if you go back to his Instagram, look around that date. He's got a video that he recorded during a training at a modern-day sniper precision rifle class, and it's an excellent description of what I would expect anyone to do while they were going through the process of shooting. Now, my take on this is that they're looking at the shots and the corrections being made, and I'm not even looking at once he starts shooting. I'm looking at everything that leads up to the first shot. When you're training at home, I want you to think of what would your light loadout be your stalking loadout if you're a hunter, your recce loadout if you were training for what recce stuff or whatever, and your NRL hunter loadout. Something where your hands are free, but you've got everything that you need to do what you went there to do. Now, you're going to start the clock, and you're going to film yourself deploying everything into your shooting position. Get on glass, get on target, break that shot. This is dry fire. You could do it live fire if you want to, but everything that you need to learn, you can learn doing dry fire. Film yourself, stop it, and look. Now, hopefully you've pulled up Mocha Bear's video on Instagram. I put it onto my phone so I could walk you through this, and I'm going to start it and talk you through what I'm going to look at and how I would reflect on video of myself or of you. You start it, bam. Throws down the bag by his left knee, puts down the rifle, gets behind it. Grabs the bag because it's too close to his body, pulls it forward. Gets behind it, looks through the glass, sees his target, grabs the bolt, closes it, looks at his dope. He's pushing and pulling the rifle, readjusting because he kind of broke his position. And then he shoots. Okay, he shoots around 26 seconds from the time that he started. Now, I'm going to back up to the beginning again. He starts. Bag drops, throws down his rifle. You can see that he's got neurological patterns where he's used to dropping down with a carbine, using his support hand, and getting right after it. But this is a different system. Okay, He puts down, he realizes, okay, I got to get stable. Pushes the rifle forward, pulls it back, pulls the bag, pulls it forward, pulls it back. He knows he's got to close the bolt and go, but then he realizes, shit, I got to get dope on looks through the glass, finds it, pushes it, pulls it, gets comfortable, and then exhales, shoots. Now, he goes through all these shots and nails them because he knows how to shoot. He's an amazing shooter, a very accomplished shooter across all platforms. The guy is a pro. I'm not pointing this out because I think what he's doing is bad. I'm doing it because I get the impression that He's growth-minded, and he's doing everything that he can to improve as a shooter. And often we overlook everything that we do before and then everything that we do after, not realizing 
that it all ties together and it gives us more time. And time is often a critical factor when it comes to, to shooting. So this, 26 seconds to his first shot. I think within 30 minutes, we could cut that in half. And then maybe within another 30 minutes, you can cut that in half again. I, I imagine that with his skill level, just reviewing the video and saying, what can I cut out in terms of inefficiencies would improve his time or give him more time on his shots than anything. So how do I look at that problem? Well, the first thing is do exactly what we did. You break down the excessive movements and the fidgeting that we have. That's something that is totally normal that anyone would do if they were put in a position that they hadn't practiced and rehearsed or they didn't have go-to cues, there's going to be fidgeting and movement. But when it comes to seconds, those have to be refined before we show up rather than trying to do it on the clock. I think that we all have the perfect ruler attached to our bodies that'll allow us to do this when we're analyzing our shooting. Get into a perfect standing position on something Figure out where your hips need to be. Take all the time that you need. But when you're in that perfect position, shoulders, hips square to the target, rifle standing up on something, take that support arm, extend it forward from a neutral position, right? how you would have it on the rifle, and measure the distance of the shooting bag, the balance point of your rifle, to a point on your arm. Is it your hand? Is it your wrist? Is it the middle of your forearm? Is it your elbow? Find a point, a reference point, and then... When you step up to the barricade, put the bag down or, or tripod or whatever it's on. Use that reference point as a swivel point to get your body into position that then you could put the rifle down on. Bridge it, connect, sight picture, shot process, and practice that. My guess is that it'll be a similar reference point for kneeling, a similar reference point for seated, and not a similar point for prone, but you can do the same thing. Prone, you've got elbows that need to be anchored to the ground. Rifle, when you get down, if you have the rifle in position aimed at the target and you connect with your body and you get into kind of a front-leaning rest position with your back arch, you should be able to aim your elbows down in a point where you can bridge with the rifle and get right behind it without needing to move. But let me reiterate that point. When you're in those perfect positions, find that square reference point on your support arm such that when you put something down like a bag or a tripod or your backpack or whatever you're going to shoot off of if you're using a rest, you can use that as a ruler to guide your body into the position that it needs to be such that you can do it instantly and spontaneously to any height, any position. You'll put your body in a position where you won't need to shuffle your feet forward, shuffle your feet back, shuffle left, shuffle right. You'll put that down and you'll reflexively get into position, bridge the rifle, get your sight picture, and get into taking out all of the excessive movements. I think finding that just right zone means building the perfect position, building the reference point, and then practicing getting in and out of those positions. Now here's the catch. You need to do it with all your gear up on your body stowed like you were coming in for the first position. If that means carrying all your stuff in your patrol or your stock, 
that's realistic. That's how you're going to approach that scenario. It can't just be, okay, I've got all this stuff stripped away. You won't have time. You need to be able to reflexively take the equipment off of your body efficiently, get it set up, and do it over and over. And then you're going to have to get up. So grabbing that equipment, picking it up to move it, whether it's moving it around a barricade or getting off the ground to re-equip it back onto your carry system is something that we need to do. When we do that and we get those reps in, we see the failure points in our mechanics that are going to screw us up on a clock when you're fumbling with straps or fighting your data board or arm board getting caught up on your pack strap or your rifle strap or the bag is going to be dropped or you can't quite pick it up as fast as you need to off of this or you can't deploy the tripod legs. Those are repetitions that you can do dry fire repeatedly such that you can see the quirks of your gear or the failures of that equipment to do what you actually intend for it to do. When you video it, video yourself deploying it from however it's stowed to picking it all up. And there are apps that you can get for your phone that'll play videos in reverse. Once you think it's smooth, watch it backwards and see if there are any weird things that stand out in terms of gaps in time. I find that watching video backwards reveals a lot about inefficiencies that you wouldn't necessarily catch going forward because our brain kind of cuts out some of that stuff in its editing process of reality. Film your build and breaks. And when you're filming it, talk through your shot process. Talk out loud at first because you're going to be going slower. You're going to say, deploying this, deploying this, getting in position. I had a good position. You could say, this is the distance to my target. This is my wind hold. This is my trigger break. Confirm what you're doing and then review it. And as you get better at doing that, you can start cutting out that stuff. But if you're audibly narrating what you're doing, it'll be easier for to, to dissect it. It might seem excessive, but I guarantee you the people that are doing the best in whatever discipline are doing things like this rather than debating what caliber is best to shoot a thousand yards on on some sort of special Facebook group. We're out there to shoot, but everything that we can do to set up that shot to be as ideal as possible should be practiced because setups make a huge difference in the actual shooting process. So do follow-ups, right? You can tell who's good and trained by watching the fluidity of their motion, but also you can tell who's good and trained not necessarily by their first shot because sometimes it's not that hard to take one shot. You can tell who's good by how efficiently and how smoothly and quickly they can take that second shot. The follow-up shot says everything about their mechanics and their fundamentals. So if you, if you film this live fire, which I imagine that you're going to have to do, make sure that you take two shots because it's not necessarily the first shot that's going to identify the issues. It's going to be the second shot. And so I'm going to kind of put out a challenge. And it's a challenge that I'm going to take part in also. And I'm making this up on the spot, so bear with me. I challenge all of you to pack your stuff up into a light, not a heavy kind of I'm going in to hunt for a week or I'm on some fucking crazy patrol thing or, you know, small unit tactics loadout kind of garbage. I want you to, 
have a realistic, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out and expect to shoot at the drop of a hat. I see an animal and now I've got 30 seconds or something like that to set up, kind of load out. And what I want you to do is go to the range and film yourself standing, build, break two shots, pack it up, kneeling, build, take two shots, back it up, seated, build, break two shots, pack it up, prone, build, break two shots, pack it up, put it on a craft target and record it and save that. That should be eight shots and you should have video of it. You don't need to rehearse it. You don't need to show off your groups or whatever. Just keep a record of how you shot it on paper. But more importantly, keep that profile video of you doing that. And then dry fire that same routine as many days as you can for two weeks. Review the video every time. But just dry fire it for two weeks before you film yourself doing that live fire again. And then film yourself live fire, standing, two shots. Build and then break and, and pick up all your stuff and re-stow it into a carry position. Standing, kneeling, seated, prone. That's another eight shots. Then go home and dry fire for two more weeks. Building it, breaking it down reviewing it. And then finally, after that second set of two weeks, film yourself again and compare the before and after videos and tell me how much time you shaved, but also how much you learned about your equipment and your process. Because I think more importantly, you learn about your equipment, your process, and your whole shooting approach when you build and you break, and you pack your equipment up. Those repetitions are priceless, and you won't learn them unless you do that and you invest the time to get comfortable with where stuff needs to be, how this strap needs to be, where it needs to be positioned, how you would tweak this equipment, how you would approach something from the left, from the right, how you would maneuver stuff, how you pick your rifle up, what's the sequence that you would move your rifle in your bag, how would you extend your tripod or collapse your tripod? And if you're not actually doing it and filming and recording yourself, I don't think that you're going to invest the same approach that you would just you know, shooting a target and assuming that everything else you got figured out. I think that the biggest part of the equation when you're actually out doing it is everything leading up to the shot and everything following the shot. And the shooting itself is going to take care of itself, I think. So this is a one-month challenge, and I would hope that you could video yourself, practice, put in the dedicated time. Just say, you know, I was able to practice three days a week, uh, dry fire, and so on and so forth. You know, account for the time and be accountable for what you actually did, and then make a long list of things that you improved, things that you changed, and what happened over those weeks of dry fire. It's only 24 rounds total. And I think that not only is it going to improve your time, but it's going to improve your understanding of your shooting in general. And whatever your outlet, you will be better as a result. But I'm challenging you to do that and then reflect in a month and let me know how that changed. I'm going to do the same thing. So in a month from now, you can expect a video and um, some sort of a, 
uh, AAR of my process of doing this because I think it sounds fun and I think it'll be very informative when it comes to providing shooters with information on how to train and improve. Please keep a record of the actual shots on the craft target so that we can discuss those numbers in a consistent and across the board kind of uniform scenario of how your craft numbers improved on those shots. Now, it's not a true craft challenge because we're only going through those repetitions twice, but it is informative because it'll be a metric that's measurable and we can talk about percentage change and percentage improvement. And I think you'll be surprised that as you improve your setup and your follow through, it'll also improve your marksmanship because you're thinking about the things that go into taking a better shot more consistently. So let's leave it there. The ball's in your court. Let's see what we can do over the next four weeks to improve our shooting with this little challenge. If you like this and you think this is going down a path that you can support, please do by sharing, liking, following, and trying to spread the word. This is a grassroots kind of thing, and I'm depending on you guys to help grow the community of listeners. If you don't like it, thanks for listening.